guys, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Paint the Town Dead, and I am one half of your host, Caitlin. And I'm Andrew. Hi, Andrew. You seem a little tired. I'm very tired. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, also, guess what? We're out late. Can you guess why? Oh, uh, Caitlin had a problem. I, again, medical issues strike once more. We're going to get this figured out. We're going to get there, and my episodes will once again be on time. Uh, so doubtful yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna happen we're gonna get there we're gonna get fixed Fix, tune up this old this old car here that is my body anyway so so yeah should should we should we talk about should we talk about what we're gonna talk about today i think you should talk about what you're talking about okay um andrew off the top of your head all right how many serial killers can you name in Arkansas? Um, one. One? Off the top of my head, yeah. Who is it? Uh, James Wayburn Hall, because we just did that. Okay. I just read a book and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, there's that one. Yeah. And we have, of course, our first episode that we did on uh, yeah. Ronald Gene Simmons, but not really technically a serial killer. He is what they classify as a family annihilator which both are horrible i mean he did it all in like one day also yes yeah which is part of the thing whereas like i mean i guess it maybe technically counts but in my brain a serial killer is like active for a while doing mm-hmm. stuff yeah so um how yeah so you got one i could probably name zero if you asked me that question until i heard about the story i'm going to tell you today all right okay andrew I'm not going to tell you a name. Oh, Uh, okay. uh, But but I do also, here's another game. I want you to guess what city in Arkansas we're going to. Uh, Fort Smith. You are correct. Awesome. We are back in Fort Smith per the usual, it seems like. And I got, I'll just go ahead and say, I got pretty much all my information exclusively from, it's the Snapped show. I think we've watched that before. Snapped, but it's Snapped Notorious. And the title of the episode was The River Valley Killer. Um, And I got pretty much like 100% of my information from there. It was a really good episode. Uh, It was very thorough. And I like in the the show, they were like, Fort Smith is a town where crime just doesn't happen. It's a sleepy community where people leave their door open. And I was like, we don't know the same Fort Smith. (laughs) Yeah, this, uh, that's a lie. I'm pretty sure. Because it is, it is an insane, it's like a, it's disproportionate how many of our cases take place in Fort Smith. Yeah, that could just be coincidence, but also Is it? I don't I don't get the feeling from any time I've ever been in Fort Smith that is a town where people are like, We just leave our doors unlocked. Me neither. But it's also, the second most populous city in Arkansas. Did you know that? I did know that. I didn't know that till that. You know what show. number three is? Tell me. I believe it's Fayetteville. Then oh, it goes okay. Springdale yeah, yeah, yeah. then that. Jonesboro. I would feel like Fayetteville would be bigger than Fort Smith. Nope. Nope. nope that. It sure isn't. But, I mean, I think Fayetteville Spring plus Springdale because yeah. they're like together. And Rogers. I think that is bigger yeah. together. I don't remember. What uh, do you yeah, want I could see me? that. I could see that. Um, so yeah, um, I was like, we we clearly do not know the same Fort Smith. Uh, and also, um, this this guy is called the River Valley Killer because Fort Smith is right by the Arkansas River. And I would also point out that uh, Fort Smith is most well known for um, like hangings the hanging and judge and like the wild west mm-hmm. so again i don't know sleepy town does not 
sound mm-hmm. like the fourth myth I've ever heard of mm-hmm. in any timeline throughout mm-hmm. all of history. I was like, this is not right. That's not a, so it's a misleading description. They're a bunch of liars is what they are. But I will say they showed some pictures of downtown Fort Smith and, and now like of it, it's getting revitalized and updated and it looks a lot better than it used to. Oh, it was actually pictures of uh, Fort Smith? Yeah, it was like some videos. And, and like stuff. Mans and Bands where they were like, look at, where is it, Greenbrier? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, here's, here's video of Conway. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, you can even see the, the big dumb down, welcome to downtown Conway so- sign they have. And you're like, that's not the same city. I was like, you're a bunch of phonies. Liars. Which my thoughts on Mans with Vans have been well documented. It's bad. It's not. It's very dramatized and not, not accurately so. So the story I'm going to tell you about tonight, it's, it's pretty, it's really sad. It's pretty wild. And I had never heard of any of these crimes before or this particular killer. So buckle up. We're talking about the River Valley Killer. So. Our story pretty much begins on April 10th, 1993. How old were you in 93? Um, for April, I would have been still three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was also three. So Lily Jones, she was just a quiet 89-year-old grandmother who was, she was deeply religious. She was legally blind, but she still lived alone. Um, she didn't have any family in town and she relied on neighbors and friends to help her like get groceries and run her errands and take her to church and whatnot, which she was very, she went to church all the time. So one night she heard a noise at her front door. Um, she wasn't expecting anyone that night, so it, it was very unusual So when she went up to the door, it was a man and he had knocked on her door and he asked if he could use her phone. She told him no. And the dude retaliated by literally obliterating her door and kicking it down. So the man came in and began to assault Lily, just brutally assault her. And in that time, actually, when she she beat her to unconsciousness or she acted unconscious, it was kind of unclear in there. But during that time, he raped her, which is like dude you're all you're a terrible person right from the get-go you're awful so after a while like i said lily she feigned her lost consciousness and she appeared to be dead so the attacker seemingly just you know tossing her aside finished what he came to do or whatever he stood up and he exited the house thinking that she was dead i think so after a few minutes making sure the intruder had left lily got up and she dialed 911 i mean she had miraculously survived this incredibly brutal attack and was capable of calling 911 and telling them what had happened so police showed up quickly to the house and they began inspecting it and they began looking for evidence but the intruder did not leave much behind like it was it was not much at all so they he didn't have any weapons he, he didn't use any weapons just like his fists and nothing was stolen so they're like okay kind of seems like he literally came in to rape her Uh, but they did catch a break and they found some semen on Lily's clothing. And of course, this being the early nineties though, DNA technology was very limited. They had no suspect DNA to send it. They have to, at that time they said they had to send it to the FBI headquarters in Quantico and you had to send a suspect DNA with it to compare it to and for it to like match up but they did not have that so like yeah and they wouldn't have had like a database right there was no yeah what was that called codis you would know better than me i don't remember that sounds like a right thing the thing you said or a national dna database something like that they did not have one because it's 1993 so um anyways yeah so they didn't have a suspect dna to compare it with which was a necessity at the time so quickly investigators determine 
that this was a person like they're kind of like getting a uh, a uh, feel a read what's that called profile yeah profile thank you they're getting a profile on this guy and they determined that this was a person who was solely motivated by sexual exploitation and on an incredibly vulnerable victim i mean clearly lily lives alone she's 89 she's legally blind she relies on others to help her she is so vulnerable and he preyed on her particularly and they said that that made him feel powerful and then forensic psychologists uh, developed a theory that the individual may have an issue with his mother or grandmother. Um, and they also said that somebody like this can, this can be an odd episode for them and they can seem normal in society. Like they might have a very normal life and seem just like a normal dude and not seem aggressive. Well, that's how you get away with stuff. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, that's mean, how you're a psycho and you get that, away with that's it. That's how you end up with like btk getting exactly. away with it forever i mean yeah people aren't gonna walk around and be like guess what i like doing yeah. horrible horrible yeah. horrible things or ted bundy who was like bundy why did yeah. i say that ted bundy ted bundy who was like i'm mr charismatic and he's like by the way i do awful things exactly like those people that's how you get away with it like mm-hmm. not by being the guy with like nazi tattoos on your neck or whatever exactly. yeah you're the guy next door So when questioning Lily and like asking her for details, it was a little difficult given that she was legally blind, but she did say that she felt she could feel the man and she felt he had on work gloves. And when she touched his face, she felt as if she knew him, but she could not place him and that he did have facial hair. So we're going to move on to, uh, think it was june june of 1993 i'm trying to remember june of 93 so juanita wofford just like lily was an incredibly religious woman um one sunday her pastor and some fellow church members noticed that juanita was missing and she didn't tell anybody that she wouldn't be there and she would like everybody was like super concerned because that was very unlike her to miss anything at her church. And she didn't tell anybody. She didn't tell your friends or anything. So her pastor concerned sent two men over to her, her house to check on her. And the men immediately noticed something was wrong when they showed up because Juanita's door was clearly broken into. I mean, it was just totally shattered and obliterated. And there was an odor issuing issuing from the house. So the men stopped and just immediately notified authorities. And when authorities got there, they quickly knew that they were going to find a body inside. They said they could, it was, there was an odor and they kind of knew. And on initial inspection of the house, they, they saw that Juanita's door had been kicked in so hard that shards of the wood door frame were just like exploded all across the house. They said it was everywhere. And they did notice a large pool of blood upon entering the living room. And they saw like clear bloody drag marks that led back to a bedroom. And when authorities entered her bedroom, um, unfortunately, they did find Juanita lying on her bed. I mean, totally beaten, just beaten, unrecognizable. I mean, horrible, horrible beating. And this was just like a sweet lady. And her family said that, but she would stand up for herself. She wasn't afraid to stand up for herself. And they could clearly tell, investigators could tell that she did put up a fight against this man. She did have a lot of defensive wounds. Um, And because of her state of dress, it also appeared that she had been raped. Um, So, and they also figured that she had died about one or two days prior to her discovery. 
And that would put her murder around June 23rd, 1993. So just a couple months after Lily's um, assault. And investigators immediately thought of Lily when they saw this because they're like, this is an identical attack to like this crime scene is identical to Lily's crime scene, except Miss Juanita was dead, whereas Lily survived. And he maybe thought that Lily was dead. Exactly. Exactly. So either way, the perpetrator was not as smart at this crime scene because investigators found first off bloody handprints on the wall above Juanita's bed. So it's like, wow, that's, I mean, wow. They also found some odd wet spots on the wall by her bed that turned out to be urine. Gross. Yeah. And psychologists. I mean, it's all gross, honestly. Yeah, I mean, all of it, 100%. None of these are are good um, things that we're finding here. But that's like particular, like that's unusual. That's an unusual thing. Yeah, that is a different, different thing. So, um, psychologists would go on to say that this could be a form of humiliation and degradation. Um, again, showing that this perpetrator wanted total power over his victim. The man also, this is odd. The man left a bloody shoe print in a weird place. It was on the wall above the couch in the living room. It was like behind the couch and above it. And they said that it kind of looked like Juanita had bought so hard that the man had to push, like he was on the couch bearing down on her on the ground and using the wall as leverage to push her down. So, I mean, sis was fighting. Well, like good for her. And I mean, this guy was, it's like he had, you, do you see what I'm saying? Do you get that visualization? No, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, Here, I'll, I'll, I'll show I read you. That Hold ahead. on. I'll show you. Oh gosh. <laughs> I, was kidding, kidding. I was gonna say, I was like, I don't literally but, like, this is the couch. Man is like this feeder here bearing down. Nobody can see that, but I just showed Andrew with my hands. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if this is gonna work in my brain. I'm, I have no imagination. Maybe I. I can't. I can't visualize this. But. I'll show you after the podcast. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I mean, it was such an odd, and it was a clear, bloody shoe footprint. Like, I mean, it was like so odd, such an odd place. So they, of course, bagged that, took that. So initially, there was no direct link found between the two women, but. As investigators continued, they realized something quite large physically connected the two. The railroad tracks ran right by both crime scenes, like right behind. And at the edge of the tracks by Juanita's house, they found something that might be a lead. And it was a blue baseball cap that read, no beer, no work, which I was like, that's a very odd slogan, but okay, no beer, no work. So they bagged it just in case. And at this point, the hunt is on. Is is that from something? Like what? Is, what is I this don't from? know. Are you looking it up? I'm trying to. Cause I, I saw that and I was like, I don't understand that phrase. Okay, it says uh, in 1919 when the U.S. government proposed introducing prohibition, hundreds of thousands of workers in New York and New Jersey voted to strike on the day it was enacted. So dude, dude, so like, dude wearing that hat like booze. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like any good American. Like any red-blooded man would. It's like the picture I saw at uh, the the old state house where it's like a picture of a giant baloney and it says prohibition on it because it's baloney. Oh, that's clever. Look at that. Yeah, very fun. Okay. Um. Oh, I did the click thing. I'm sorry can't believe you we talked about this okay with two victim victims in such a short time frame and with a 
clearly escalating pattern, investigators knew that they they had to catch this guy quickly. So they began canvassing Juanita's neighborhood, looking for witnesses and also suspects. So they came upon a nearby neighbor who had like a body shop, an automotive body shop. And he and Juanita had had some words in the past because Juanita felt as if this man was loud and disruptive and he would rev his motorcycle all the time. And I totally get that because that bothers me too. And the man was questioned, but nothing substantial came of it. So when Juanita's autopsy came back, it was revealed that she was sexually assaulted and she was sexually assaulted post-mortem. So after she had passed away. So this term, um, some of you are probably familiar with, that's called, you know, in, in getting sexual pleasure out of, you know, having sex with a dead person. That's called necrophilia. Um, so forensic psychologists state that an individual who partakes in necrophilia is someone with an incredibly low self-esteem who will wait to rape someone until they are dead because when they're dead, they cannot reject them. They like the person can't say no, they can't make fun of them or anything like that. So a highly disturbed individual. So with no real suspects though in sight and fear was just like gripping Fort Smith at this point. Um, and, and it was gripping police too, who feared the perp would strike again before they could catch him. And in this time, they that's when the individual was given the moniker, the River Valley Killer. Um, so during the nighttime to try to catch him and get a one up on him, police uh, beefed up their patrol, especially around the railroad tracks, since, since that seemed to be the connection between Lily and Juanita. They would perform random stops on people that look suspicious, just strolling through the neighborhood at 2 a.m. Like, what are you doing? Um, or if they were like caught them like driving around aimlessly at night, they would catch them. People on the railroad tracks at night, they'd be like, what are you doing here? So they um, were, were stopping a lot of people and beefed up their patrol to hopefully catch this guy. So tips began to come in as well. And what that you know, people had different theories that they would call in and different suspects that they would call in. So one person called in and said that they saw a man walking the railroad tracks late at night and the name was given. And this guy became the first suspect in the case. And his name was Anthony or Tony Barnes. He went by Tony. And this guy was no stranger to the Fort Smith Police Department. He had many run-ins with the law and he was a particularly violent individual. They said he was just like, his nickname was Mad Anthony. But you said he went by Tony. Yeah, I didn't give him the nickname. Why wouldn't he be Mad Tony? I don't know. Okay. Okay, listen. Something's not adding up here. I thought, you know, the weird thing, I thought the same thing. I said, why wouldn't they call him Mad Tony? I don't know. I don't know, Andrew. So Tony here had been released from prison in March of 1993, just before Lily's attack. And not long after Juanita's attack, Tony told his cousin he wanted to leave town and relocate. A man who'd lived in Fort Smith his whole life. So it's like, I'm sorry, what? You you just got released. And then as soon as this lady dies, you want to skip town? So very odd. And an uncle told police that he had some clothing of Tony's and a knife of his as well, all of which had blood on it. And it was all located by the police. And then they're like, all right, Tony, it's time for you to come in for questioning. So when asked about the blood on his clothes, Tony stated it was his own blood that had gotten on there after an altercation with an individual where Tony had like used a glass bottle to like attack the guy or smash him and the glass broke and cut his hand. And so the blood was his, he said, which it's like, okay, that's actually a really plausible story for a guy named Matt Anthony. That sounds like Mad Tony 
get in the fights. Oh, mad Tony, just up to his shenanigans. But I mean, it was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So Tony seemed to willingly work with police. He offered a DNA sample and he said he'd, he'd do whatever he needed. And that included participating in a lineup with Lily, who, remember, is legally blind. So instead of looking at them, she went down the line and she felt the men's faces in their okay. hair. I was, when you said lineup, I was like, how? How, how is the lady with... Legally basically blind. no eyesight yeah gonna do this so she she felt they're, they're already dicey as it is i know so um she told police that none of the men matched what she had felt she said none of them were the guy and after tony's dna came back it was clear that he was not the perpetrator in these cases and he was cleared so there goes the first first one so not long after tony was given as a suspect another credible tip came forward Jonathan Keith Cole came forward to police and told them he had a 19-year-old friend that he said had burglarized some homes, including the home of Juanita. And the friend said that he had kicked down Juanita's door and used a sliver of the broken door frame as a sort of like spear to stab Juanita. This guy was named Joe Gibbs. So police brought Joe in and began to question him. And he immediately began to like everything. He said he never killed anyone. He had never burgled anyone. He was like, what the heck? And Joe was like, yeah, take my DNA. And so they did it. Results came back. And they're like, yeah, you're definitely not. You're definitely not the guy. So now they're like, what what, uh, what? what a jerk friend, right? I know. What kind of dick friend is like, hey, my buddy, he, he murdered somebody. This, anyway, yeah. check it out. Like, what, what is that? Yeah. Uh, that's why I was like, what kind of friend is that? What, or did Joe like claim he did that to his friend? Like, yeah. what, what's happening and here? And Joe, why would that be a bragging thing? Why, if you were lying, I why murdered would that... an old lady. Yeah. Wait. How sick is that, bro? Yeah. Well, it's like, like what? that's not a good story, Joe. Dude. Joe, Joe this is, uh, this this is, is a bad. problem. I'm gonna go, I got to go snitch on you because uh, you're murdering old ladies. I don't think, I don't think we can be friends. It's no good, man. So anyways. Yeah, weird thing. But that that individual quickly came and went. And so they're like, okay, two two suspects in. Uh, We really need to find this guy now uh, because time's ticking. So in January of 1994, a new suspect emerges. And this individual had four previous encounters with the law. And he looked like a really good suspect. And this man was Danny Bennett. And his home was exactly halfway in between Lily and Juanita's house on the railroad tracks. So it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So Danny was a 39-year-old man and lifetime resident of Fort Smith. And he had been questioned in other circumstances. Like he had been out and about wondering very, very late at night. Like he was one of those people that had been out wandering around near the railroad tracks. And so they questioned him. And they said he just behaved oddly and that he always carried a knife on him. So it's like it's Arkansas, though. What uh, kind of knife is this? I need to know because you know it's like the one that you put on your belt. That's fine. I see, people do that all the time I in Arkansas. Know. They do. Uh, they do. So, but it's like you're halfway in between Juanita and Lily's house. You're just hanging out by the railroad tracks late at night, and you always have a knife on you. Mm. Sometimes you just need a knife. Yep. So they try to bring Danny in for questioning, but he is nowhere to be found. And so police went ahead and questioned his sisters and asked if they can come give a statement. And they're like, yes. And when they came and spoke to police, they gave an awful character description of Danny. 
And they stated he was a violent man who hated their mother. He had been abusive to them and also had some like odd sexual quirks. Like he was 39, but he um, was sexually involved with much older women, like in their like 60s and 70s. I mean, 39 is basically elderly. It's fine. Wow. You know, John's almost there. He's going to listen to this. I feel like I'm almost there. (laughs) I call myself elderly all the time. I'm already there physically, so it's fine. I'm, I feel like I'm there. um, Mentally? No, the opposite. Oh. (laughs) I'm like there like looks wise. But but I'm uh, mentally, no, I'm very much. uh, I'm a child. I'm a man child for sure. (laughs) I'm reaching like uh, the mentality of like a 22 year old right now. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Good stuff. So right around the time of Juanita's murder, Danny came to his sisters and asked for them to help him dispose of a pair of shoes and a knife. And they said they would not help him. And they also noted that he had some kind of injury to his arm. They weren't really sure what it was because he was kind of like protecting it, but he had some sort of injury to his arm. Yeah. just want to let everybody know if you're my friend, uh, if you come to me and you're like, Hey, help me get rid of this thing. I'm just going to say, I, I I didn't hear nothing. Just go away though. Yeah, Yeah. I ain't helping, but I ain't saying nothing. Yeah. Bye. That's yeah. it. Don't 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 show your face again. I have these bloody shoes. Help me burn them. No. You can deal with that somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. This is your problem solely. You can tell me whatever story you want, so I, I don't have to make up something. But I'm just telling you, I ain't helping. I'm out. So they also stated that around the time of Juanita's murder, the cap that Danny had worn for years was gone. And when police showed the sisters the cap that they had collected from the railroad tracks, the one that said, no beer, no work, they confirmed that it looked identical to the one that Danny had lost, which is like, that seems like a very specific hat. So, you know. And police also spoke with Danny's ex-wife, and she said that Danny had heavily abused her and including using electricity to shock her, and he would urinate on her. I... And I assume he didn't do both at the same time because he might shock himself. That's true. You're right. Um, So Danny was looking like a really good suspect. So mid-January, a couple weeks later, police were finally able to locate and apprehend Danny. And they questioned him about what his family had said. And of course, he, he denied all of it. He denied all of it. He took a polygraph test. It showed deception. So he was like, look, y'all search my house. So he let police search his house. Uh, he showed them where he kept his weapons. And he's like, look, this, these are these. They also found multiple, multiple two liter bottles full of urine around his house. Like they showed pictures of it on the, on the TV show. Multiple, multiple lots of two liter bottles filled with urine. I mean, does he not have a toilet or an outside? Danny stated that he kept his urine because he thought any biological specimens from him were important and that he needed to keep them. What is he, that dude from Dr. Strangelove? Where he's like, I, the Russians are going to steal our precious bodily fluids? Like, I, what, what is happening here? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He should be sent to the Arkansas Hospital for Nervous Diseases, which isn't called that anymore. It is not. Is that in Hot Springs? I think it's just called the Arkansas State Hospital. It's in Little Rock. Rock. Okay. Like UAMS and that whole compound. Yeah, it is a compound. So, um, very unusual quirks here. Um, So, they're like, yeah, this guy did it. Yeah, that's very different from just like, 
likes older women or whatever. It's like but this is like specific. Uh, this is getting into like a, a darker territory. Yes, to me. it is. So after Danny is brought in a second time for questioning, Danny confesses to Lily's rape and assault and he gave a detailed story and he then confessed that he had killed Juanita and gave a detailed story of that. And police just knew they had their man. I don't like the way you phrase that. What? Just knew they had their man makes it sound like they did not have their man. They knew they had their man. Okay. I don't know. This is what it's like. Police, they just knew they had their man. Okay. They the knew ju- they had their the man. just is like maybe throwing me off here. Okay. Keep going. Me? Just keep going. Okay. Okay. Just, 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 okay. just a thought. Okay. So I'll keep going. So they arrested this man and immediately charged him with rape and murder. And the community is super relieved. They have the perp. I mean, this guy totally did it. And no more attacks occurred for a long time until August 10th of 1995. Language is important. It is. So in the middle of the night, the chief, this is, this is in August 10th of 95. In the middle of the night, the chief detective is called for a homicide. And when he arrives, he notices that the front door is totally obliterated in. There are puddles of blood all over the floor and off to the right in her bedroom, 74-year-old Ruth Henderson is lying in her bed, just clearly beaten and murdered and appearing to have been raped as well. Ruth lived alone. She was elderly. She had been stabbed. It was an identical picture of Juanita's murder um, and Lily's attack. But however, at Ruth's house, there was no urine found. So the only place urine was was at okay. Juanita's house. I was going to check. I was like, I don't think there was any at that first one. Either. No, it was just at Juanita's and, house. And Danny is in the jail at this point, right? He, well, yeah. yeah. Or, or Okay. So, or was he out on like bail or something? Well, it was so identical, in fact, that investigators called the jail right then and there to make sure Danny was still behind bars. So like, go lay eyes on him right now. And he was there and they're like, he's been here. He has not gotten out. So then they were like, oh, crap, we have the wrong guy. And, but they're like, OK, if he wasn't the killer, how did Danny know so many unreleased details of the crime scene, including the bloody shoe print on the wall above Juanita's couch. They never released that information and he knew it. How did he know it? Well, let me tell you. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you're going to tell me because I was about to just start throwing out guesses. This is better. I am going to inform you. So the chief investigator was tipped off by another officer who was like, you didn't hear it from me, but you need to listen to the first recording of Danny's confession. And he was like, above what? There's a first recording. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't hear it from me. So come to find out there was a first recording and Danny had been more or less prompted with that specific detail. They were like, yeah, tell us this, tell us. And what, how did, what about the shoe print behind the couch on the wall behind the couch? How'd that get there? And he's like, oh, because I did this. And it's like, well, then you gave him the detail. So they were like, the key piece of evidence is blown. They gave it away. And then they got DNA and it came back inconclusive. So everything literally just kind of fell apart with the case against Danny. It just kind of crumbled. Yeah, and he's clearly not uh, mentally well, this Danny fellow. No, he Mr. Collects his urine. That is- um, so he's probably going to be very easy to lead along with yes. you give questions like that. Yes. If your question is more of a statement. Exactly. So tell yeah. me how this, your footprint got on the wall behind the house, behind so, the couch. So anyway, you hear about this urine that you did there? 
Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so anyway, so the prosecuting attorney asked the judge to drop the case against Danny and the request is granted, but like now what? We're back to square one. Who's the killer? In years past with few leads no leads basically and there was no new obviously connected crimes no similar crime scenes nothing that was that seemed to happen so just kind of waiting until six years later in march of 2000 a 16 year old girl called 911 panicked saying that she had been raped stabbed and her throat slit and she was she was the one calling saying all this So what had happened was the girl's parents, she was alone at home uh, watching TV. The girl's parents had come home to find a man attacking their daughter. The girl's stepfather shoved the man off and began beating the crap out of him. I mean, he said this, they interviewed the dad. This guy was wailing on him. The mother gets on the phone too, screaming for police and medics to hurry. Meanwhile, the stepfather got the man to the ground, pulled his pistol out, stuck it to the back of the man's head, pulled the trigger, the gun misfires. So he gets the gun, aims it again, fired again, he misses the guy. So then he took the, he was like, screw this, took the pistol, like the barrel, and just took the back of the pistol and began pistol whipping this man over and over in the head until he went unconscious. I mean, just like, dude was going ham. And this guy, he said he was physically disabled at that time. So, I mean, Pure adrenaline is making this stepfather, I mean, parent skills just kick in. I was like, holy crap. So police finally showed up to just a scene of total chaos. There was blood everywhere. There's a dude wailing on another dude who's in the floor. There, I mean, it's just, it's just a nightmare. So they detained the stepfather and quickly got the girl to medical help and then got the perp out. Um, they said, and they were, cons- they're like, this guy's not going to make it. He was in really bad shape. Clearly dude had been pistol whipped unconscious. So not in the best of yeah, shape. It's not like in movies or, uh, like, I don't know, 70% of episodes of lost, yeah. uh, where they just they like knock people the- out yeah. all the time. They yeah. Do. It's like, first of all, that's really bad for you yeah. uh, to be knocked out. That's um, not, that's not good for we your know brain. What happens when you have what CT, CTEs. Yeah. yeah. That's that's bad, but also I I just imagine like if you're the stepfather, you're just going until you can make sure he ain't getting back up. Exactly. Uh, you don't want him coming back. No. So they come to find out the girl had been stabbed multiple times in the head and in the neck, and he had stabbed her so hard that he had punctured like down in her neck. He like went down and punctured her lung. And when they actually, when the mom and stepdad came into the house. The, the guy was actually like strangling the girl, like trying to kill her and strangle her. So when the girl was finally able to recount her story, 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 this is what she said. She was at home watching television by herself when a man, the suspect who was known to the family came over. The girl like came at the door and greeted him, told him her parents were not home, but she let him in. He asked if we can come in. So she let him in and he came and sat by the girl on the couch. She goes to the kitchen He gets up, comes behind her and starts attacking her. And the attack, she is running around. I mean, the attack goes all over the house. They're running around the whole house. There's blood everywhere. And she put up one hell of a fight. I mean, she is giving this guy a run for his money. And that's when the stepfather and mother came into the whole ordeal. They ended up in the kitchen and he's strangling her. 
And that's when the guy, the stepfather detained him. So the man was identified as their neighbor, Charles Ray Vines. So after investigators left the scene, they felt it was so similar to the crime scenes from years past. Just, and I'm, I'm not really sure why, because I would not make that connection. No, there's not a busting up the door. Right. And it's a teenager instead of an old lady. Right. But et, when, et they, when they consulted with like forensic type, uh, psychologist type people, they're like, it doesn't necessarily matter the age. It matters the victimology. It is a vulnerable woman alone at home. And so they're like, that's kind of, and it was somebody who literally came in and tried to just like kill her. Um, and then whenever she, he was strangling her, like he was, he was trying to, I don't know if, if he's, he succeeded in raping her, but he was actively trying to rape her. So, um, they called, they felt it was so similar that they notified the prosecutor that they had a, they're like, I, we have this guy. He's in the hospital. He's, he got really effed up. Um, but we think this could be the guy to these other cases that are unsolved of Lily, Juanita, and Ruth. So the six, the, their house, the 16 year old's house was even in close proximity to Ruth's house. It didn't say how close, but they said it was close. So let's talk about Charles Ray Vines, our next suspect. So when police visited Charles in the hospital, they had a warrant for his DNA. Um, he was conscious at that time and healing fine, unfortunately. So they intended to question him as well at some point soon. Uh, so Charles was a local Fort Smith man with no criminal past to, to speak of. And he was not on police radars at all for anything. That's how you get away with stuff. That is. So... Charles' parents were pillars of the Fort Smith community. They ran a prominent mortuary business in town, and his father actually was a deputy coroner at one point in time. So Charles, he had been married, but it had gotten divorced. He had two sons. Um, he was well-liked. He would pick extra veggies from his garden and give them to his neighbors and friends. He was always there as a helping hand to friends. Even the stepfather that beat him unconscious said that one time he had a flat tire and Charles came over and just was like, let me help you. Let me do this for you. That's how they get away with it. Yep. Don't it, trust nobody. That is the motto of my life. Every time Caitlin's like, I'm going to do something nice for you. I'm like, oh, Caitlin, that means you're a murderer. <laughs> you're just trying to get away with something. But how many times do I want to do something nice for you? Uh, more, more than once is enough. Okay. So, but this dude was just like an average dude. They said he worked hard at his jobs, but dude was hiding some really dark secrets some of his immediate friends stated that Charles was perfectly pleasant until he got to drinking, and then he would become scary violent. One story recount, recounted by an acquaintance stated that Charles had taken like his two teenage, teenage sons fishing. He began to drink, and one of his sons was like disobedient in some form or fashion. I don't really know, but they had words. So son walks out in front of him a little bit, Charles gets his shotgun he brought and shot at his own son with buckshot from some distance and it nailed him. He nailed him with the buckshot. It's like, I'm sorry, you shot your son? That's a... Because he was a sassy teenager? Yeah, that seems bad. Um, if if that's how you are when you drink, don't drink. And also, don't have guns around when you're drinking. Don't be a bad person. These are all bad. Yes. So, they collect his DNA... And the DNA would eventually come back. They compared it to the perpetrator from the other crimes. 
and it matched the DNA from all those previous crime scenes. So police knew this time that they had their man and they acted quickly to apprehend Charles. He was charged with the rape and murder of Juanita and Ruth and the attempted rape and murder of a 16-year-old girl. But for Lily, because it was listed as just rape and not attempted murder, the statute of limitations had run out. That was only like seven years. I'm telling you. That seems like a... I know. Messed up. Because dude, like clearly, dude was trying to kill her. He thought he did. And he was trying to kill the 16-year-old girl. Like I would think, yeah, yeah, I would think you would also even be able to say attempted murder or something. I don't know. I would think so too. So anyway, the death penalty was being pursued in this case. They brought him in for questioning. And immediately he was like, I want to speak with an attorney before I say anything. And his attorney stated, he was like, dude, you're going to want a plea deal. He's like, all right. So the deal was that in exchange for Charles making a full and total confession and giving all the details, he would not go to death row. But in order for that plea to hold up, Charles would need to confess every detail and leave nothing out. Charles agreed. So he stated that Lily's rape and attempted murder was the first crime that he committed. That was the first time, which it's like, wow, that started out really heavy if that was the first crime you've ever committed. But upon further questions for other, all the other stuff, he kept saying, I don't know, or I don't remember, or, I don't recall. And it's like, plea deal ain't going to hold, man. So he's withholding information. He said he was drunk and high at the time of the attacks, and that's why he couldn't remember anything. So they took a, pl- a break, and they kind of had words with his attorney and the other attorneys, and they reinforced to him that if he did not start confessing that this plea deal was out of the window, so his attorney spoke with him and were like, hey, dude, you got to you got to be more candid if you don't want to die, because if, if you don't start speaking, you're going to die. So they brought him back in and he started confessing everything. So when he when asked how he knew Lily, he said that she went to church with his mom and dad and he had known her his whole life. He even called her Aunt Lily. His parents were some of those friends that brought groceries over um and good for lily she was alive to see him be arrested she lived to be 102 years old baller so when asked how he knew juanita he said that his friend lived next door to her and he was over at that friend's house often it was the friend with the body shop the automotive body shop and when asked why he urinated at the crime scene he was like i didn't do that and it's like me maybe and so they said, you know, did you do that, you know, at any point with your past partners? Did you, you know, was that part of it? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm not into that. So investigators thought maybe Danny, you remember Danny, Mr. Pinaball? Yeah. They thought that he had come in, noticed, because he was on the railroad tracks by Juanita's house, noticed that her house had been busted in, came in, wandered inside her house to see what was going on, and then saw that she was dead, and then just just peed peed there i i don't i don't know why i don't know why that was the thought process but danny clearly doesn't have a good thought process so they thought maybe that's what happened but even if they did have that place where he peed you can't they said that uh dna and urine degrades within 28 days so they wouldn't have been able to get a sample a dna sample anyways so they thought that maybe Charles and Danny were working together, but Charles said, I don't know this guy. I've never met him. We didn't work together for anything. So earlier when I was like, I'm going to just throw out guesses, my guess was that he was working with somebody. Together, but, yeah. Yeah. But, but no, they didn't know each other. 
So Charles did admit and say that the point of the killing was to participate in, you know, to the necrophilia or whatever. Um, he also, get this, at one point was a night watchman for one of the local mortuaries. So you can imagine what likely happened during his time alone with a bunch of dead people. So that's messed up. And of course, he grew up around dead people too because, you know, his parents owned the mor- a mortuary. So it's like, yeah, dude was messed up from the beginning. So a woman Charles once dated also came forward and stated that they would have sex at a hotel, which was, she's like unusual because like they, they have perfectly good houses, but he chose hotels and he wanted her to lay perfectly still while they had sex. And I, on my notes, I put red flag. If dude wants you to not move at all and not breathe and not speak or move at all, you need to run, honey. That is a bad dude. And yeah. And then another girlfriend came forward and stayed in a separate, like totally independent of the other girl said that he did the same thing. So it's like, that's, that's bad. That's a red flag. Run away. Especially now with like the added context after the fact, that's where you're like, oh, that's what he was after. That's what he was doing. And it's like, oh, it's just weird. So police then want to know why Charles switched from elderly woman to a 16 year old girl. And he just said that he knew she was going to be alone when asked if he had sex with minors before he said, no, he said he was just looking for women alone. Like he's just looking for vulnerable women. Um, so after his confessions and with all the evidence submitted, Charles went before a judge in exchange for his confession. Charles was sentenced to three life sentences without the possibility of parole, which I hate so much that Lily didn't get justice and hurt. Like, he didn't get any time necessarily for her case because the statute of limitations had run out. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, I don't know if this maybe changed at some point, but everything I'm looking at says there's no time limit for, for rape. That probably that, that may have changed. Probably changed. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm going to guess this changed because this was a while ago. I mean, 20 years ago, basically. So I bet it's changed. Thank God. Um so Charles would spend the next eighteen the next they did that Charles would spend the next eighteen years incarcerated. At one point, he was actually suspected of being like possibly connected to Morgan Nick and Missy Witt, both of whom we've talked about on the show. However, there has been no official or tangible connection made, and even on the Who Killed Missy Witt page, they addressed it that there's no direct connection between the two. So, um, anyways, just just interesting. Like, I wonder how they got to that point anyway but in september of 2019 charles ray vines the river valley killer died in prison at the age of 56 of natural causes quote unquote natural causes but technically two murder victims doesn't make him a serial killer but he intended there to be four possibly more so in in my mind he might as well have been he, he tried to be. He tried to I be. I guess. Yep. And that is the story of the River Valley Killer. All right. Well done, Caitlin. Thank you. You did it. I did it. It might be late, but it's not because it wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. It happens. Especially people people the, will be fine. Yep, yep, yep. They we don't, ha- get, we don't get paid for this. They're going to have to be fine. Yeah. There's, they, don't, they don't have a choice in the matter. Andrew says so. Uh, that's right. So. But Andrew says. Mm-hmm. It's like Simon says, but... Uh, more binding. 
Except if you're talking about Squid Game, which I watched. I just don't want to watch it. Yeah, it's pretty brutal and rough. Maybe, yeah. So maybe be in a mindset. Uh, it it's kind of like, uh, do you know what the concept is at oh, all? Is it like, yeah, yeah, they play the games, they get eliminated, they die. Yeah, basically, it's yeah. kind of like battle royale meets little games. I thought you were about to say that. Yeah, I remember you borrowed my copy of the book Battle Royale, and you did not finish it because it was too much. Did not like it. Did I'm you? sure because you, you said it was when um, Hunger Games. Yep, you said it was hunger. You're like Hunger Games is just wimpy battle royale. I was right. <laughs> I was right. It's a very similar concept. Almost the same. Didn't like the book. Battle Royale's uh, pretty good. That movie's pretty good, too. And the director's an interesting guy. Who? Uh, of the Battle Royale movie. I don't remember his name. Oh, okay. But, like, he grew up... Like, he was a kid during World War Two in Japan. Wow. And, yeah, he has a great mistrust of uh, authority. Americans? because of Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> uh, like Japanese authority. Because he was... Like, he was working... Like as a child in a munitions factory or something, because it's, it's the war. They it's, had to. It's the second war of the world. Of the world. And um, that's when he like stopped trusting adults or whatever because mm-hmm. they're like, no, nah, it's fine, it's fine. It's like, meanwhile, America's running a bombing run over them and blows up the factory and all that. So he's like, it's not. And fine. like a bunch of his friends who were also children died and stuff. Oh, so he's like, horrible. he's like. These adults knew this bombing run was happening. They just told us to keep working anyway. Hmm. Not find cover. Wow. But he's he's an interesting guy. Hmm. Um, yeah, I watched Squid Game. It's like the biggest show in the world for some reason, mm-hmm. which I think is crazy. It's not that good. I don't know. Yeah, why is it so big? I don't know. It just, it just resonated with people, I guess. Basically, it's like people who are all in horrible, horrible debt get dragged into it, and they're like, if you, if you win, you get a bazillion dollars. And so... I would like a bazillion. It's like dollars. a, a com- commentary on the issue, the economic issues of the world right now in countries. Ridiculous. But uh, yeah, t- takes place in South Korea. That's the good Korea. It is. It's the one where we. I, who knows? Maybe North Korea is great. We just don't know anything about it because they close everything off. It could be the best. It isn't. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, yeah. So so I watched that. Uh, you said you didn't have much of anything this week, right? Just a little bit. Okay. I'll do another one real quick. Okay. Um, I watched Castlevania, the oh, TV did? show, yeah. at least part of it. Yeah. I've seen the first two seasons. Have you watched it at all? I watched part or most of the first season, I think. Okay. The first season's only like four episodes. Yeah, I watched it all then. Okay. So yeah, I watched the first two seasons. First season's like four episodes, the second is eight. Mm-hmm. There's a third and fourth season, and there are ten episodes each. So I'll probably be through with that pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's pretty good. It's solid. It looks like anime, but it's not anime technically, I guess. It's written by Americans. So. Oh, okay. You know my, my thought on that. Yeah, because you're weird. You're weird. Just bizarre take that just makes no sense. Anyways, continue. Uh, it is. You're like, anime doesn't have a story. Castlevania, MK, MK, Castlevania MK. had a story. Yeah, I mean, but again, it was written by Americans. Exactly. But thank you for proving my point. <laughs> yeah, just watch Cowboy Bebop. I don't know. That's a good show. I thought about watching Helsing again, but anyway. Anyway. Um. So yeah, Castlevania. That's it. That show's all right so far. Mm-hmm. I've heard really good things about the last season. And your wait. What? We missed it. What did we miss? How many Star Wars? Oh, uh, it's zero. You ruined it. <laughs> it's zero. Don't oh. worry about it. Isn't there a new Star Wars thing coming out? Uh, 
I don't know. Probably yeah. There's a new thing coming out all the time. I don't know. Boba Boba Fett thing. Yeah, it comes out uh, December 29th when you're doing your surgery. Oh yeah, I'm having surgery December 29th. So, <laughs> Andrew, think about me while you're watching your Star Wars. Thing. I'm I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, that's coming out the 29th. Uh, I forget what all they've got. Like a zillion. They're working on that Obi Wan show. <gasps> oh yeah, Where hello they, there. They they brought back uh, Ewan McGregor and oh. Hayden Christensen. Hayden. Cr- they brought Hayden Christensen back? Yeah, because he's Darth Vader. He's. Th- I think there's is another this, show. Does this happen post-Vader be- transformation? Uh, yeah. Immediately post? or very. I mean, we don't post? know the story details, but I believe it's supposed to take place basically between Revenge of the Sith and mm-hmm. A New Hope. Okay. Because so, he's not Alec Guinness' old man, yeah. Obi-Wan, yet. Oof, that was rough. Hey, you live in the desert. It's, it does things to you. <laughs> it does it. makes you, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of Star Wars stuff that's coming out at some point okay like mandalorian will be back at some point yeah they're doing that rogue squadron movie but it's anyway they're doing a bunch of stuff okay. taika watiti's doing a movie at some point I, I don't know a lot so many of these star wars things got announced and then canceled and whatever yeah. that i'm just like I, uh, i'll wait until there's at least a teaser we'll of happens. some sort yeah. um i don't know why don't you tell me a thing that you've been looking at okay um you kind of mentioned one of them i am gonna have surgery at the end of the year gonna have um if for those people who might be interested if not just skip on past uh, it's called a colon resection because i've been sick so much this year i have to have part of my colon taken out so bye bye colon we'll see what happens um and then i start a new book series uh it's called um Harry. I'll say Harry Potter. <laughs> no, not uh, I'm just trying to think of something that. Okay. You, I'm trying to think of something that would be hilarious because there's no way Caitlin would read it. Uh, the, the Ring World. Ring World? Ring World. No, I don't know what Disc that is. Disc World, whatever. It is. I don't know what I'm talking about. Rim World? It's a video game that John plays. I don't know. Ring Ring World, I think, is a thing. And I think Disc World might be a thing. I have no idea what I you're I think those about. might be two separate things. Okay. Um, it's none of those. I'll tell you, I'll tell you now. It's none of those things. It's the Shades of Magic trilogy by V.E. Schwab, who wrote the book that I like so much, the the something something life of Addie LaRue. Yeah. Do you remember the one about the girl? Vaguely. Discworld and Ringworld are two separate book series, just so you know. One is sci-fi, one is fantasy. I, I don't know what... I've... Have you ever heard of Halo? You know the Halo from Halo? I do. Ringworld. Oh, okay. And then Discworld is fantasy. Okay. It sounds interesting. I actually want to read those someday. Anyway, you do your thing. Sorry. Yeah, get out of here. I just had to do fact checking. Let me talk. Okay. So, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. That's the one that I read that I like so much. I thought it was a great book by V.E. Schwab. Um, I started the Darker Shades of Magic. Or the Darker Shades of Magic. The Shades of Magic trilogy. And so far. Fifty Shades of Magic? No, not into that. Um, But so far. Shades of Magic trilogy, really good, and I'm really loving it. Like the way this guy writes, I feel really connected with the character. I guess it's a guy. I don't know if it's a guy. V. E. Schwab. Maybe it's like uh, J.K. Rowling, where they don't put the first name because they want to trick people into thinking it's not a girl. Yeah, that's that's how you do it. So love it so far. Highly recommend so far. I'm almost done with the first book. Yeah. How many How many books are in that? It's a trilogy. So okay. That would be three. Uh, I was just checking, and so you're going to read it in order, not try and go out of order like you thought you were going to do with that one book series. What one book series? Throne of Glass, I think. There yeah. was something where you're like, I'm going to read this book. And it's like, it's out of order. What are you doing? 
well technically it was a prequel but it came out like third okay well weird. as the expert in star wars you don't watch the prequels first just saying oh, you okay. watch release order because that makes more sense does it yes mm-hmm. very much so okay a thousand percent so okay um and then uh i just want to talk about the witcher trailer that came out and i am super stoked for a new season i haven't seen it i don't watch trailers ever i just don't care anymore i'm like i i know what everything is i will see it or not i if it pops up like on my newsfeed on a social media then i will stop and i will watch it i usually i do not seek it out but see i won't because i'll see it and i'll go oh it's a video i'm gonna keep scrolling <laughs> i don't know i don't have time for this <laughs> Like, I'm so I, busy. I haven't even watched that Book of Boba Fett trailer because I'm just like, nah, even, I got other stuff to do. Even I've watched it. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a bigger Star Wars fan than you. Yeah, who's his buddy? Played by Ming-Na Wen. And Ooh. she's in Bad Batch and stuff as well. That's right. You didn't know. It's Ming-Na Wen. You just said it. You don't Duh. know nothing. Duh. That's the actress. We're talking about in the fictional world of Star Wars. Uh, Boba Fetta? <laughs> No, what? what? Oh, you think his his name is Boba Fetto? Do you think it's a, a like in Spanish? There's a masculine and feminine thing. It's exactly so it's actually Bobo Fetto and Boba Fetta. Is that what you think is happening? Yes, you picked up on it. Goodness gracious! Okay, ridiculous. What else you got? Um, I watched that show Midnight Mass. Tell me, it's real good. Yeah, everybody else should watch it. It was. I knew. I can, can we. Can we spoiler alert here? Um, how about we... Okay, if we're going to spoil it, how about we save it for last then? Okay, okay. That way people can jump off okay. easily. Okay. Um, instead, I'll talk about um, Wellington Paranormal, which is oh, a show yeah. that... Yeah. Caitlin, you would love it. I would. 100%. Sometimes I'm not sure to recommend stuff to you. 1,000% you would love this show. Because I love um, New Zealand stuff. Yes. It is... Um, Wellington, S- so super you, dry, I'm sure. It is very much so. It is... Um, that one was that movie. what we do in the shadows love it the movie this is more in line with the movie than the the show mm-hmm. which i've also i finished that uh yeah, they just had it. the final episode of the last season of season three mm-hmm. um wellington paranormal there's uh these two cops who show up a little bit in the movie what we do in the shadows which they're very funny yeah they are they, i don't see anything and <laughs> the, 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 the part you need where to, you need to are these exposed outlets or whatever yeah I like the part where there's the werewolf attack and they're like, it was wild dogs. And they find this like adorable dog and they're like, I'm just going to have to put it down. <laughs> <laughs> like the dog goes over like the sniff of, he's like, he's trying to get it again. <laughs> he, he just can't help himself. <laughs> anyway, it's those two cop, those two dumb cops. Yeah. Um, investigating paranormal stuff in Wellington, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. Um, there's only like 12 episodes on HBO max right now. Mm-hmm. I believe there's a third and there are, there's only two seasons, six episodes each, which is like way too short in yeah. my mind, but it's really good. It uh, definitely can't overstay its welcome. That's for sure. Nick from uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the guy who gets turned in that yeah, movie, the, the kinda... he's, he's in an episode and it might be my favorite one. Oh, yeah? Um, basically, I, I kind of want to, sp- well, whatever, it's a comedy show. It doesn't, right. And spoilers aren't that important, if you ask me. All right. Um, basically, he just keeps hypnotizing them throughout this whole night. And so at the end of the night, there's like, yeah, it was a slow night, nothing happened. But like a bunch of stuff had happened. He just kept <laughs> hypnotizing them and be like, you won't remember any of this. Don't even worry about it. That's funny. Uh, so that show is very funny. You will definitely like it. You know 100%. What, you know what they call Wellington? Um, the city that's not Christchurch. 
they call it well somewhere i read they call it like welly town or welly or something that sounds right there's yeah and but but they also call it windy wellington windy Wellington. it's very very windy there the uh i learned a new kiwi slang which what? is that um like a cooler, like a Welly, plastic cooler. Wellywood, that's what it Welly is. Wellywood. Because that's where they do, because there's so much film stuff going on in New Zealand now, because it's beautiful. Yeah. And that's where it's all kind of hubbed out of as okay. well. So, Wellywood. You get it? it? Yeah. That's it's, what it was. Um, but they, they call a cooler a chili bin a in chili that bin. show at some point. They find bin. a guy's arm. There's like, well, let's put it in the chili bin. And they're like talking to the camera. Like, if, you, if you're missing an arm, just come, come by the station and pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's that kind of show. And... Um, what was it? Oh, they were calling chips chippies. Chippies. Yeah, which I, I thought was it. very funny. Chippies. But yeah, that show is really good. It's, I I love New Zealand stuff. Yeah, there's only like twelve episodes on HBO Max, which is that's a shame. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's over. My life is over as well now. So I have nothing. Speaking great. of HBO Max, Dune. Oh yeah, you watch Dune. Is on L- HBO. Let me Max. tell you everything about Dune. I'm ready. I'll tell you everything I know about Dune. How about okay, that? Do it. You can you can tell me synopsis. Let's go. Um. There's a desert planet called Arrakis, I think. That is correct. Uh, there's sandworms. Yep. Uh, Atreides. There's a guy named Duncan Idaho. Yep. And there's a thing called the Spice. And mm-hmm. everybody's like, we got to get the Spice. And I forget what the Spice does. I think it has to do with space travel. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's aging or their consciousness or something like that. I has to use it to deal with space travel. And that is everything I know about Dune. Okay, Dune. Uh, that video that we... Dune. Dune. Um, that's pretty much it. You summed everything up. Um, don't forget about Harkonnen, which in the Har- 1984 movie, they say Harkonnen. Which that's is, how I would have guessed. I've seen it written. Yeah, it's Harkonnen. I even looked it up. I was like, why are they saying it like this? Like, that's the way you're supposed to say Isn't it. Isn't there a thing where he has to put his hand in a box or something and it's like horrible pain? Yeah. I will not fear fears... It's like the little death or something like that. Yeah. um, That's Paul Atreides. Yeah. And then his dad is super foxy. Leto or Leto Atreides uh, played by. um, I thought you were going to say Jared Leto. I was like, ew, what what happened to you in the past week? Ew, you know, you know better. Um, Played by uh, my one of my favorites, Oscar Isaac. Love him. Um but yeah, they yeah they go to you have some ruling factions of the universe. Basically, you have like the super emperor guy, and then you have House Atreides and House Hakonen, and they're kind of like don't get along. And then the emperor kicks House Harkonnen off uh, Iraq, 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 Iraq. It's uh, I've I keep seen- on want to say Arachnid. That's not mm-hmm. it. You're right. It just didn't sound right for a second. So Sorry, then, my voice doesn't sound right. Okay. So, so then he sends, everyone's like, all right, uh, House Atreides, you're going to Arrakis. But really, it's a setup. So, spoiler alert. Um, and they kind of get screwed over and they have to harvest, like, it's called the Spice Melange. And, or Spice. Um, and it, yeah, it opens up your, it's like LSD or something. I don't know. But okay. turn, turn your eyes blue. Um, yeah I, I know it has something to do with like you have to control the spice to control everything because you have to use it for space travel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over long distances and mm-hmm. i don't remember if it's a like it has you have to do it because otherwise your brain will melt or if it's like an aging thing because i think it's more brain melting thing. that's what i was thinking i like the spice in a uh, star wars mm-hmm. which is basically like opium nice <laughs> 
Um, the Fremen people are the native people to Arrakis, and they do not like they do not like people messing with their stuff. Weird. Sounds right. Yeah, that seems pretty pretty right. It seems like standard civilizations throughout yeah. all of space and time. Yeah. So, anyways, so then like Paul Atreides is a cool dude, and he's finding out some cool stuff about him. His mom is Lady Jessica. She's a weird lady. I don't know what her deal is. We're gonna find out more in Dune Two. Yeah. So they're doing a second one. Yep. Officially, and I think but a third one. There's three books. Three there's, main books. I'd say there's like a bunch of books. Three I know, main books. I know some of them weren't written by the actual author. They were like his, ba- son, his kids. Yeah, his son them, took over. Supposedly based on his notes, but some people are like, mm, I don't see, know. Let me see the notes. Let yeah. me see. So, um, you know, we watched, when I was a kid, we watched Dune a lot because my dad was Starring into Starring Sting. Yes. In weird underwear. Yes. And he, he was Duncan Idaho in that movie. Jason Momoa is Duncan Idaho in this movie. And oh, I, just gym boats all day. I do like Jason Momoa. Um, and Oscar Isaac. Oh, my gosh. Um, also, Drax is in it. And he plays one of the... Dave Bautista. Yes. He plays one of the Hawkenden people. Hawk, and then uh, in that one Suicide Squad movie that I don't like very much. Yeah. The good one. The yeah. better one. Yeah. The one that's good. Are you talking about the good one or the bad one? The one that you like. Okay, so you're talking about the good one. Yeah. Um the the polka dot guy? Yeah. He's in he's in it briefly. That's cool. Um also love Skarsgard Skarsgard dad. Yeah. I can't remember his first name. I don't know their names either. But it's the Skarsgard dad. He plays the professor in the Thor movies that Natalie Portman's character that's like her Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know her you're talking mentor. About. So he's the Skarsgard dad. Um, he plays he plays the lead Hawkenden man, the floaty Hawkenden, the big fat floaty Hawkenden man. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, all that to say, we watched the 1984 Dune movie a lot. It made no sense to me when I was a kid, but we watched it a lot. Still, as an adult, probably wouldn't make much sense. But you know what? We watched it because my dad liked it. And now that I have seen this Dune, I was like, wow, that Dune is crap. 1984 Dune, crap. That's- Everybody agrees. I was going to say, that's, that's been like the general consensus. Your dad was the outlier. Yeah. That. Yeah. So I do like that the guy that plays Paul Atreides in 1984 Dune is the mayor from Portlandia. Yeah, that guy. He's, I, he's I, great. He's, he's all kinds of stuff. I love him in Portlandia. Oh, uh, I guess that makes sense because he's in uh, Twin Peaks, which is also a David Lynch thing. And he did that Oh, Dune. yeah, 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 yeah. That does make sense. Directors like to grab some of the same people. Yes, it's kind of like. All the Christopher Nolan films have mm-hmm. Michael Caine or mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. much all the time. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, I really liked it. I thought it, I loved the visuals, loved the music, the acting. That was like a grade A stellar cast. Zendaya. I don't know if it's Zendaya or Zendaya. I believe Daya. Um, she had all of like five minutes in the film. And the, and the trailers are like, oh, my gosh, it's Zendaya. Come see the movie. It's Zendaya. Oh, by the way, she has five minutes and she's just doing this the whole time. Caitlin's just making faces. I'm make, I don't I'm know making, how to... Uh, I'm making eyes. It's like, she's like, uh, I'm a mysterious Fremen lady and I'm mysterious and making eyes and I carry a knife. Ooh. And it's literally, that's her for five minutes at the end of the film. And it's like, cool. Anyway. Yeah, that happens sometimes where they like overhype somebody's involvement in a film because totally. they're famous or yes. than some people. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. I know there are some. I just can't think of any mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But um, Ben Affleck and <laughs> it, Smoking no, Aces. No, it's in it's in the Suicide Squad movie. There was Pete. What's his face? That's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, 
lots of people. Yeah. Um, Nathan Fillion is in that. <laughs> yeah. That movie's good. Yeah. That's a good movie. So. Uh, the Suicide Squad is quite good. I agree. Dune. Dune. Sounds like people actually like it. It's for good. For the most part. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I think I don't know what their their ratings are on the Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. Let's let's find out. Dune Rotten Tomatoes. Dune gonna, gonna load this website up. Someday it's gonna load. Eighty three percent. That's pretty good. Ninety percent audience. Oh that's, yeah. That's a that's those are good numbers. Yeah. But uh yeah so I I think that's everything I guess we'll talk about Midnight Mass. Spoilers. Um so. You want, yeah, so. Midnight we're, Mass. We're going to talk about Midnight Mass. We're going to spoil it. This is the last thing we're talking about. So if you want to dip out and not hear about Midnight Mass spoilers, uh, do that. You know I who we can. are. Go see our stuff. Yeah, we're, we're on Twitter, PTZ Pod. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Paint the Town Dead on Facebook. Paint the Town Dead, one word on Instagram. PTTDPod at gmail.com. If you have email as your thing you want to send us, it's uh, we technically have tiktok i don't know why don't worry about it don't worry about if it. if we ever do anything with it we will be sure to share it on everything yes we will just we'll be so like we did it yeah something happened look at it we did the tiktok thing so now we're going to talk about midnight mass we're going to spoil it if you don't want it spoiled first of all i'm going to say it's quite good watch it don't let us spoil it if you haven't watched it that's but, my recommendation but but andrew was yeah. it better than haunting of hill house um there were some things about it I liked better. I liked some of the atmosphere better than Hill House. Um, but I think I'd go Hill House overall. Uh, one thing I would say about Midnight Mass is uh, they really... I guess they maybe did this more in Bly Manor than they did Hill House, but the monologuing... Oh my gosh. It, it, it it's a bit much. Down. I would say the monologues in Hill House were purposeful. And added to to it. I feel like they weren't as long. Yes. But the monologues in this show, I literally tuned out. I have no idea. It was so boring. I tuned out. What did I say? I said this Hill House. I meant Midnight Mass. Yeah. Midnight Mass. uh, Yeah. Everybody I've talked to about this has been like, this could have been one episode shorter. Mm -hmm. Chop down some of those monologues or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it'd be like A plus 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 or whatever. Mm. Instead of A an A or whatever. it's, (sighs) It's really good, but... It would be like even better if it's just like I don't know. Could use some editing. Andrew, I I give it a B minus. It was too much monologuing. The acting yeah. though was really good, especially the priest guy. I was like, dude is convincing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And then of course I like again another example, recycling actors, same director, yeah. recycling they actors. They had the one lady, she was Aaron Green. Yes. Aaron, Aaron whatever her name she was. She plays Theo, adult Theo in Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Um, and then the, I can't remember her name in Hill House, but it's the, the, the oldest brother that's making the books, that's profiting the books. It's his wife that's like, leaves him for a little bit because she's like, you had a vasectomy and didn't tell me. So that wife, she's in it. She plays the super strict nun lady, like the bad one. Bev. Bev. That's it. She plays Bev. She's really good in it. I mean, the acting was, was pretty good. Um, Except for the main character guy. Well, the sort of main character kind of starts with him, you know? Yeah. I was like, and, and dude, you are boring. He at some point stops being the main character because yes. he gets uh, incinerated by the sun. Yeah. Because the surprise is about vampires. And that's why I give it a B minus. Because it's about vampires? Listen, it got to, because you know, I like the haunting stuff. I loved, Bly Manor was okay. 
Haunting of Hill House, a I can't give it enough stars. I mean, a plus a thousand. And then we get here. Of course, he never said that these are all connected or anything. But we get I say, are they supposed to be? No, they but, don't seem like it. But we get to midnight. It's kind of like anthological. You know what I mean? So we get to midnight mass. And I was like, okay, all right, we're kind of religious. We get to the first ep- end of the, I think it's the first episode, maybe the second. And I was like, is this a vampire thing? When he like goes into a cave, and I was like, I think that I that was know like, what- I think that was the third episode when he tells the story of how he, he got young, basically. But, well, no, it was before that. It was at the end of the first episode when he dude comes back and he's like, I don't know what's happened to the priest. He's been detained. I'm his replacement. I'm so and so. And I was like, oh. you're suspicious. And I, and then I was like. For some, somehow, this guy is involved. He he is. I was like, this is the priest. He is the priest. And I was like, there's no way because he was looking at that lady, the mom, the, the dementia way. mom. Yeah, he's dementia mom. And I was like, this doctor chick is his daughter. Like I, it was all up front. I freaking knew it. Like into the first episode, into the second episode, I was like, is this a vampire thing? Brought the vampire. I was like, this is stupid. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. I, I was like, oh, I'm going to finish watching it. because. But then you gave to. it a B, so obviously it was fine. B minus because the acting is good, and I do like um, that at least two people survived. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's one of those ones like a lot of horror movies where it's, I kind of want to see what the aftermath is. Like what, what happens when somebody goes to the island again and is like, uh, where is everybody? Everything's burned down and nobody's here. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> what, what happened? Except for two kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? What, What's what happened? happened to them? Everybody turned into vampires and the sun came up. Okay, well, uh, so we're going to put you in an institution. Yeah, so no. It's, it's What's really weird is that it's clearly a world where vampire fiction does not exist because... Yes. They're really like, the, oh, yes, he's an angel. Clearly, he's hideous. I mean, biblical descriptions of angels are actually that they are terrifying or whatever. Oh, yeah. Not like, whatever, like, not like, ooh, angels, nice. They're... <laughs> They're they're terrifying. People freak out every time they see them. But they but don't also, suck your blood. But yeah, the part where like it sucks his blood from his neck and then gives him his own blood, and so then he turns into also a vampire. But he doesn't know he's a vampire because vampires aren't a thing that apparently exists in fiction within this universe. Yeah. So like nobody's like, you're a vampire though. Like that's vampire stuff. What are you doing? Yeah, I was. I Which was, is a little weird, but I mean they do that with zombie stuff all the time. Like, yeah. Walking Dead, they they don't call them zombies, even though they're obviously zombies. They're like, oh, they're walkers, walkers, biters, deadheads, whatever they call them. Mm-hmm. But I, I I liked it a lot. Um, my favorite scene is the one where they're going to turn all of them into vampires in the church. Yeah, and it's like this because isn't going to work. I just remember because there was so much dread in that. Like you you know what's going to happen, but you're anticipating it mm-hmm. so much. Um, but overall, I give it. An, like an a minus i don't know i really liked it actually also hated bev wish she would have died a worse death yeah but i like that she was like the only one who was like in after all of her like posturing of like i'm going to heaven and i'm the best because mm-hmm. you all suck and i'm i'm mrs jesus mm-hmm. and at the end she's the only one like desperately trying to like figure out a way to survive everybody else is like this is it mm-hmm. just gonna resign ourselves to this fate mm-hmm. and she's like nope i'm gonna start digging this hole and then she still gets burnt up because she can she can suck it and it's her own fault anyway she's it the is. one who was like 
let's burn everything down because mm-hmm. revelation or whatever and also like in the first episode when we see dementia mom i was like well clearly this is a 20 year old horribly dressed up as. yes and so i was like so i texted you i was like oh thank god there's a reason yes. for that horrible i was like oh that's why she had such horrible obvious old lady makeup and when i saw that i was like there is a reason literally this guy and this lady are connected and guess what they did and guess what they did bone and guess what they did have the daughter and they killed her essentially or he did essentially yeah you know i like <laughs> there's like some stuff that's a little weird like there's um the one guy i don't know his name one of the henchmen essentially who um the bearded one because mm-hmm. there's like essentially two hench there's like mm-hmm. the priest and bev and they have like two guys that they bring into the one's fold the, one's the mayor and one's yeah. the bearded guy and the bearded guy apparently turned his buddy into a vampire but didn't tell him like hey also this is how you uh make sure your your wife and daughter become vampires without you just murdering them due to your bloodlust that you can't control yeah it's like maybe you should have let him in on that secret instead of letting him kill his family yeah it, <laughs> that was a problem yeah it was uh i like when they burned the building though that was awesome and they're like aha it's the last building we're burning it down yeah it's a pretty good show i like it what else was it that I was going to say about it? I feel like I had something else, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, well, but yeah, I, it is weird that it's like vampires. What are those? We yeah, don't even know. I was like, are you all stupid? I mean, yes. The vampires just aren't a concept there that they have. On an island in America. On, I assume in anything ever in this, it's an alternate universe where like, Nobody no, wrote lore. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. The lore doesn't exist. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise they would know immediately. Like, oh, dang, this is a daggum vampire, ain't it? Yeah. When it's, it became vampire stuff, I was like, mm. I knew going in that it was a vampire thing. I didn't. Because I saw something somewhere, like a comment or meme on Imager or something. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And I was like, I it was this, like. You're like, is this vampires? It was vague enough that I was like, oh, so I guess that show. Because everything else I had heard about the show was like, oh, and there's, there's something going on, but nobody would ever say what it is. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's okay. And then it was like especially confirmed when like all the dead cats wash up on the beach and they're like, there's no blood. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, vampires. Oh yeah, Sweet. yeah, yeah. We know that. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Watch it. Okay. But also, you, hopefully you already watched it if you're listening to us right now. Here, yeah. Um, you can watch it now. Uh, I say on Netflix. Yeah, I know October has passed, but. Still spooky. Still spooky. And also that show takes place in like March and April. So. So there you go. So like you can. You can watch scary stuff whenever. That's right. There's no rule There's no against time it. Limit. Yeah. Midsummer is scary and it's daylight the whole time. Did not like. That's like in the summer. It is. It's midsummer. Yeah, exactly. That episode of Gravity Falls I watched today uh, it takes place in the summer because the entire show is in the summer over summer vacation. And they have in this town, they love Halloween so much that they celebrate a second Halloween in the middle of like June. It's called Summerween. Mm-hmm. They have jack-o'-melons mm-hmm. instead of jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> so it's watermelon. But uh, I like it. Yeah, it's a really good episode and a good show. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's like uh, breakfast foods. You can eat those whenever you want. Mm-hmm. There's no rule against it. Mm-mm. Don't don't tell let society them. limit tell them, Andrew, you. You tell them. You can have scrambled eggs and bacon and whatever whenever you want. That's right. Don't you forget. It's literally not against the law. Not against the law. Unless you're Muslim, you can't have bacon. That's true, yeah. Um, and yeah. some other stuff. I don't remember. I'm, I don't know You're enough. You're not Muslim. I don't know enough. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do, Forgive be better. my ignorance. Do better. I've, I've, I thought about it, but then I was like, why bother? <laughs> We're already I, here. I'm not, I'm not hurting anybody. Yeah. Anyway. I'm not hurting anybody right now. 
man, I wish I could remember. There was something else I was going to say about that show. Maybe I already said it and I just didn't remember. Uh, oh, it wasn't about that show. It was about the guy, Mike Flanagan, Mr. Monologuer. Boy, he's he apparently... He's a bow wow. Apparently he's working on um, an adaptation of a comic book I've been reading called Something is Killing the Children, yeah. which is quite good. Yeah, you mentioned that. And all I can do is like think about like, I wonder what the monologues are going to be like. Oh, no. I'm just trying to think like, yeah, I'm Erica Slaughter and I, I have this sick mask that I wear and... But anyway, I hunt monsters for a living, and it effing sucks, and I hate these people I work for. They're all prick bastards. <laughs> no, it's got to be more deep than that. It'll be profound. deeper than that. It'll be like that, but deeper. Yeah. I do this like, because my father... My, my parents yeah. were murdered by a monster, and yeah. I, and this octopus plushie has a ghost in it or whatever. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> that got weird and very specific. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm actually pretty excited for that, because that's going to be a Netflix show as well at some point. Well... I can't remember her name, the actor. Mike Flanagan's wife, Theo, old, older Theo from Haunted. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's so pretty. Like, she's so beautiful. Are you about to talk trash about how Mike Flanagan looks then? Mike Flanagan is not a beautiful man. I love him as a director. Looks are not his forte. Directing good shows, his forte. But Mike Flanagan, not a good looking man. I was like, dude married up. That's how it often happens. Yeah, it is. In that direction. Usually. It's part of my theory. <laughs> that you, you you see lots of uh-huh. ugly guys with good looking girls but not the opposite generally it you're, happens you're an awful person I'm just saying generally that's what happens it's not my fault i benefit from it but it's not my fault <laughs> i didn't do that oh, that's funny um congrats to the braves they're about to win the world series probably maybe i jinxed them we'll georgia! see yeah finally win something again i've been there i've been to georgia as well Anyway, we need to wrap this up. I was at a football game that was a billion degrees. It sucked. Which one? <laughs> Arkansas State at Georgia, 1997 or 98. Oh, you were so little. Yeah. It was a bazillion degrees. It was Labor Day weekend, middle of the day. So it's still technically summer. And it was ungodly hot. And like they would bring out water on like the pallets. They wouldn't even get them in the coolers behind the vending machine or behind the, the concession mm-hmm. stands and they would just sell them off the pallet and instantly sell out wow it was miserable uh so georgia sucks um you'd think it wouldn't be so hot but i guess it's still but here we are it's still hot from the fires from the civil war from sherman's march wow this went in a weird direction um, we need to stop <laughs> but yeah i guess georgia's gonna finally get a title again yay after the falcons embarrassed themselves the last time they had an opportunity oh and also Georgia embarrassed themselves last time they had an opportunity, but you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, they're all better than Arkansas State is right now. It's, they're embarrassing. Okay. But sports. Sports. Midnight Mass. Something is killing the children. Read that comic book. It's pretty good, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. And here's the most important thing. Everybody, it's Halloween's done. We enjoyed it. We had trick or treaters. It was fun. And now begins the season of Christmas. Um, or giving thanks, whichever one. No, no. I don't celebrate people lies. I don't celebrate lies. I like good food. Lies? Yeah. You don't like giving thanks? Pilgrims didn't come and it wasn't all peaceful and happy hunky-dory. Yeah, but we, that's why they've removed like all of the Native American imagery from Thanksgiving. It's all just like generic fall stuff. I will do fall and stuff. turkeys. I'm okay with fall. That's Thanksgiving gun. You but, did it. But you know what? I'm more stoked about Christmas. It's really flipping cold outside right now. Like, what's the temperature? Look it up. Oh, gosh. Hold on. It's... Why would you do this to me? It's... Okay. You got it? Uh, 
48 degrees. That's cold. It feels like... That is colder than normal. It feels like 45, and the low tonight is 40. It's pretty cold. It's very close to freezing. Uh, It's, it's close enough. I, uh, yeah, sure. It's close enough? I, I guess it's My fairly car close. will give me a warning when I turn it on at 37 degrees. It's like, hey, the roads may be icy. Be careful. What was the uh, tweet I sent you? Oh, let me find it. I think I still have it saved. Where's... Uh, Okay, yeah, it's it's a girl that says, it's finally my type of basics, time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> and it has like red and green hearts. I do love Christmas time. That um, was a girl who does wrestling stuff. I stayed up till midnight. Um, For the midnight mass? Halloween into November 1st. And I annoyed John because he was like almost asleep. And I turned on a really lo- it's i turned on it's the most wonderful time of the year oh, and he was he was like are you kidding me it's after midnight i was like i know it's november 1st it's christmas time i guess it could have been worse you could have played like the worst christmas song which is simply having wonderful christmas time yeah. that song is god awful i don't like that one it's isn't terrible. that isn't that paul mccartney yes he also did uh temporary help. secretary i so. need somebody help he did that with the beatles but i'm talking about without the beatles he did temporary secretary which is a heck of a weird song i don't and know bad. that one temporary secretary it's really weird you need to listen to that song actually oh, that was so good Andrew. oh thank you <laughs> i was probably closer to what it was than it really should have been oh. considering my abilities of singing yeah okay well i am very intrigued now <laughs> it's real awful but anyways, all this to say, I hope everybody had a safe Halloween. Hope you got lots of candy. Give thanks before you steal Christmas presents. Or don't. Um, and if you're going to, here's my word of advice. If you're going to order Christmas presents, you might want to go ahead and do it now because there's a bunch of boats stuck off the coast of everywhere where things yeah. are just floating about. So go ahead and order your Christmas gifts for folks if you're going to do that. Just order digital goods. Money. That's the gift that Cash keeps money. on giving for for real. That is and the also, best gift. It being November, that much closer to going to Scotland. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> For, you're you're actually very right. This is, this is my my thing. I'm going to say until it actually happens. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, guys, in case you didn't hear earlier, thank you so much for coming by. I apologize for it being late. One day I will be healthy and normal again, and we'll finally get crap out on time. I will finally get crap out on time. Let me just say that. Um, thank you for being patient. Thank you, Andrew, for being patient. I appreciate it. Always. Uh, and thank you for listening. We, we said all the places we're at, so please go there. Rate five stars, subscribe, share, like, comment, everything. And uh, I guess we'll see you in a fortnight with another episode from Andrew. Uh, until then, see you later. Give thanks. <laughs>